This is an ABC podcast. Hello, my friends. How are you going? My name is Ruby. Hi, Ruby. Hello. Hello. Hi, Ruby. Welcome to News Time. This is a show where every week we take a look at five fantastic news stories from right around the world. Today, we're flying high with the birds, getting colourful with crayons and cooking up some sciencey snacks. Ready to rock and roll? Yes, we're ready. Wait, yeah. OK, now I'm ready. <laughs> Let's hit it. Story number five. There are lots of different kinds of birds and they all talk to each other in different ways. They go chip, 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 chip. And that's how they communicate. By, like, whistling to each other. They go like this. Tweet, 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 tweet. To her little babies. That means I'm going to let you a little ramp. That is an owl, Hannah. All of these weird and wonderful noises are how birds communicate. It's how they mark their territory and say to other birds, Hey, buddy, this is my turf. And, just like with human languages, bird languages change over time. Because they might want to, like, say something different, learn something new. Could be. It usually takes a long time for bird languages to change. But, in North America, a bird called the white-throated sparrow has changed its tune in just a few years. The white-throated sparrow used to sound like this. with three lovely musical notes ending its song. But now it sounds like this. With just two notes at the end. This might seem like a small change, but it is actually kind of a big deal. They're talking to each other. Maybe because they need a different home or something? Scientists are not really sure. And what's even more crazy is that this new tune is catching on. Usually when a bird's tweet changes, only the birds in that area will sing the new style. But bird experts reckon they're hearing this new sparrow song all across the United States and next door in Canada too. It is a bit of a mystery. Let's hope scientists figure it out. All right, bird watchers, on to the next story. Story number four. Aboriginal people have called Australia home for a very, very long time. More than 60,000 years. It's a long time before Europeans arrived here about 250 years ago. Aboriginal people gave lots of places here in Australia special names. Let me give you an example. Have you heard of Ayers Rock? No. I think it's Uluru. Yes, exactly. Hare's Rock was the name that Europeans gave to that big red rock right in the middle of Australia. But Ayers Rock already had a name. Its first name is Uluru in the Pichinjara language. If they just like take over and say, I'm calling it this, I'm calling it this, it's sort of like invading. You're just like taking a word and then replacing it with something new. Unfair. Why unfair? Well, you're going to like this next bit of news then. A beautiful mountain range in Western Australia has just been given its Aboriginal name back. 
For more than 200 years, this mountain range in the Kimberley has been called the King Leopold Ranges. The traditional owners of this area are the Nyaranyin and Bunaba people. And for a long time, they've wanted to give these ranges their first name, Wunaman Milawundi. King Leopold was the ruler of the country Belgium over in Europe. He wasn't a very nice guy. And he never even visited Australia. So not very long ago, the Nyaranyin and Bunaba people and the government all agreed that Wunaman Milawundi was a much better name. That's a lot better. It's really good, actually. Giving places back their traditional names shows respect to Aboriginal and other First Nations people, and it helps us learn and appreciate the long history of this amazing country. Okay, where to next? Story number three. Do you like drawing? I love to. I really like to draw about all sorts of things, pirate ships, hammerhead sharks. And I also like drawing stories. I just love it. Mummy says that I'm an artist. And I bet she's right about that. How wonderful that you all love to draw. Well, listen to this. A famous stationery company has just released a special new set of crayons called Colours of the World. There are 24 colours in the pack and they make up 24 different skin tones. I think that's wonderful because if you're drawing a person who's your friend, they may be brown, they may be like peach coloured. Some people can have a really dark like black. They might have like lots of different coloured skin. That is exactly what Madison thought. Madison is a seven-year-old girl who lives in California in the United States. She thinks that every school should have a Colours of the World crayon set and she decided to start raising money to buy them. I think it's absolutely great. Madison also wanted more picture books for her school. Books that had characters with lots of different skin colours. She said, sometimes there are only books with peach-coloured kids and there should be books with brown kids too. If there's no kids who have black and people in the books, when black people say, where's the black people? Where's that me? Where's my family? Madison raised a lot of money for her school. She raised almost $40,000. It was more than enough money to buy the new crayons and the picture books, so she bought them for three other schools as well. That's amazing, like really cool. That is amazing. How did she do that? That's epic. Go Madison. Madison is hoping that these new books will make people happy because celebrating diversity makes everyone feel included. Every person has, has a different skin colour, so it's important to draw your family and friends. Absolutely. OK, my artsy fartsies, where are we up to? Story number two, 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 and my two. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, the egg? Chicken. The egg. Egg. Chicken. This is complicated. I don't know. It's one of those questions that doesn't really have an answer. And now, just to make things even more complicated, there's a fast food restaurant that's decided to begin making chicken nuggets 
with chickens that never hatched out of an egg. That is very weird because it's impossible because it's supposed to hatch but first the egg has to be fertilised and if it isn't fertilised there's no chicken inside. Let me explain. This new type of chicken is called cultured meat and instead of hatching from an egg and growing into an adult, the chicken in these nuggets is grown in a lab from tiny little cells. That's really confusing. Yep. Have you ever had chicken nuggets before? They taste crunchy and some delicious stuff is on the top of the chicken and nuggets. It kind of does taste like crunchy chicken. Cultured meat made in a lab doesn't have a very chicken nuggety shape. So the people making it use 3D printers to build them into exactly the right shape. Instead of printing flat like on paper, 3D printers can print whole objects, even chicken nuggets. No, because if a science man or lady made it from a, th a printer, it wouldn't be edible. It's not real. It's not real food. It's the first time this has ever happened, so scientists are going to do some tests to make sure these printed nuggets are safe for people to eat. If lab-grown meat ends up being just as tasty and just as healthy as meat from real chickens, this could be a game-changer. Of course. That's why we don't have to kill animals. That would be great when they finally do it. They could just get meat from the shop without even have to kill the animals. Plus, it could help the environment. Some farms cause a lot of pollution and chemicals can get into the things that we eat. So in the future, we might be seeing more of our food grown in a lab instead of on a farm. Imagine that. Oh, and look at that. We are up to our last story. Story number one. On Thursday, the 30th day of July, it was the International Day of Friendship. That's all about celebrating, well, friendship. I love my friends because like, they're really kind and like, they're nice. Uh, they help me, they do stuff to help me. I love them, they love me. Someone that, that I play with, someone that is close to you, someone that you play with, someone that you Skype with, um, some letters. Sounds like you have some wonderful friends. Friendship is about sharing love and support and trust. And our friends are there for us if we ever get sad or need help. It's somebody who cares for you. They care for me when I'm sad. Friendship doesn't have to be with just one person either. It can be between different groups of people or different cultures or different communities. Friendship helps us learn from people who are different to us. Yes. If they're different, it doesn't matter. You can still talk to them and they can still be our friends. Yeah, like, um, I speak English, some of my friends speak French, and um, sometimes I learn new words from them. But it's not only about what it looks, what they look on the outside, it's, it matters more what they look on the inside. And that is what International Friendship Day is all about. The power of friendship to bring people and communities, and even countries, together. If everyone is friends, 
Then um, there won't be fighting. They could stop wars from being hurting people. You could stop wars with friendships by loving each other. It can change the world by that. You got it. Happy Friendship Day, everyone. Happy Friendship Day. Happy Friendship Day. Happy Friendship Day. Happy Friendship Day. <laughs> and that's it, my friends. We have reached the end of our countdown. Thank you so much for all your help. I could not do it without you. Now I am off to find some fresh new stories for next week, so I'll catch you then. Bye, Ruby. See ya. Bye, Ruby. Au revoir, which means bye in French. Au revoir, mon ami. Au revoir.